the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. All right, welcome back once again. Episode 392 of the Decibel Geek Podcast, creeping up on 400. Hey, it's me, your old buddy, Aaron Camaro. Chris Sinzak, well, he's on assignment in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, yeah, he went up there to celebrate with his home people with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right about now, I picture Chris just screaming down some freeway in Illinois on his way back to Tennessee with his fist out the window, Chiefs flag flying. That guy is going to be on cloud nine all year long. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs world champions of football. Hey, he's going to rejoin us in just a little bit because what we're here for today is Albums Unleashed. That's right. I think this one's going to be good because when we put it out there that Toby was coming on Decibel Geek to do this with us, and we all love Toby. He's been on the show a few times with us already, that the response was pretty damn good. I didn't see really anybody that said, oh, no, not that album. Everyone's like, hell yeah, I can't wait to hear all about Jar of Flies, and that's what we're doing today. Toby in the studio with us, Chris Sinzak is here on his wonky microphone, and Toby Wright brings his own personal mathematician, Jay Sikowski, with him, and when we're all done talking about that album, those two are going to turn you guys onto something called Tomes. Might just change your life. Got to stick around for that. And Toby makes a huge announcement at the last moment of the show. So stick around for the whole thing. It's going to be sweet. Hey, I was wondering, do you guys follow us on the Facebook? Because <laughs> if you do, I want you to know that all the music you're hearing on today's episode comes to you from an awesome band called Restrained. That's R-E-S-T-R-A-Y-N-E-D. One of our favorite bands here on Decibel Geek Podcast. An album called Not Human great stuff they sent it to us they really like it when we share their music with you guys so that way the cool people that listen to the show then in turn go check out more restrained it's beautiful how that works they like it a lot we like to share the music and you know i want to tell you restrained not only do they put out great music they've got some really really cool merch you want to check that out at restrained.bigcartel.com remember that's restrained with a y so check that out yeah big news and happenings in the uh, world of music podcasting going on right now and as much as i just would love to talk about this right now and just put it all out there I'm going to wait for Chris to get back, and we're going to tackle this next week. You guys, us, we're all going to have a little sit-down here next week and talk about the state of the Decibel Geek podcast and the state of the world of music podcasting in general. So come back with us next week for that. Before we get to what we're here to get to, you know us. we got to take care of the business. I'm going to cheat a little bit this week. i got one right here, John Phillips. It's a Facebook recommendation, and he says, Great discussions on good music. Ah, short, sweet, to the point. Gotta love that. Thank you, John. And of course, our favorite people are Geeks of the Week, the people that shared and retweeted last week's episode, which was our kind of little shot at Classic Rock Radio and showing you just how good it could be. The people that love that episode and shared it, right here, Geeks of the Week, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Andrew Jacobs, Bill Elam. Oh, hey, before I go any further... Bill Elam and myself and a few of our friends are on the Lipstick Panel podcast this week, and we are doing a breakdown of the Fraley's Comet album, and it is hilarious. It goes off the rails so many times, I laughed till I cried even listening back to it because 
Well, we recorded it like three months ago, but man, is it funny. Check it out. Lipstick panel podcast, and we're on it. Fraley's Comet. Also sharing and retweeting on this one, Kristen Schimbeck, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Scott Crouch, Shea Hargett, William Douglas, Simon Cat, Andy LaFon, David Glenn, Alan Tate, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Kevin Williams, and the In Obscuria Podcast, Joe Lascon, Jay Shabluski, Christopher Stokes, Jeffrey Mendenhall, the CGCM Podcast, Trevor McDougal, Mike Parnell, Wayne Cross, Martin Wenham, Matt Ashcraft, Joseph Capone, Nate Atchison, Sean Cullen, Paul Korn, John Phillips, Rodney Dixon, Mikhail Burrell, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Aaron Baker, Eric Luzier, Shane Abair, Destroyer Jr., Robin the Hood, Coxie, Jeff Mendenhall, Jeff Taylor, Vet Halen, Eladio, and of course, the Mooger Fooger. Fooger, Fooger, Fooger. Those are our people. They share it. They retweet it. They love it. We hope you love it too. Enjoy this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Albums Unleashed. Alice in Chains, Jar of Flies with Toby Wright. Thanks very much. Yes. Good to be here. It's so good. It's been way too long since you've been on the show with us. I know. I know. I'm, you just keep. I just keep escaping. Right. We bang on the door. <laughs> We're over there banging on the door every I run other out day. The back and door. He runs out the back, and yeah, we finally go. pinned him down today because it's the anniversary. It really 26 is. Twenty six years, man. Can you believe that? Uh, I got my cane. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel old when you say that, man. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I mean, I remember buying the album when it first came out. We're talking about Jar of Flies. I remember making it yeah. before yeah. it came out. Amazing. <laughs> what were you doing right before this? Uh, right before Jar? Yeah. I was working in L.A. Um, as a assistant engineer in a studio. And, you know, I had done two songs with Alice previous to that. Right. Which was a little bitter and What the Hell Have I for the Last Action Hero soundtrack. I love that one. Um, yeah. And, you know, then after that, um, you know, took a little thing. They went on their tour. Which one was it? Lollapalooza '94 mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, then you know, I got the call from when Jerry was in Australia and said, "Hey, man, you want to do an EP with us?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Nice. Not even a you know, not even a hesitation. Yeah, and I think you've told us before that he was assuring you that there was plenty of material ready to go yes, when he was yes. on this phone call, and then you found out otherwise when you got to the studio. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about those songs? And oh, funny thing about those songs, I don't have any. <laughs> so it was quite a shock um, yeah. at that moment in time. But at the same time, you know, he said, hey, do you mind if we just jam? So, of course, I said, no, of course, jam with the best band in the world. <laughs> it's all set up. Let's rock. Have you ever had a situation like that before? Not since. No. Not since, yeah. No, that was my first and, and last. Because <laughs> most people like to plan. Right. You know, what what's going to happen in the studio? We like to do a little pre-production beforehand, know, you know, what we're going to get into, etc. So, you know, when it comes to something like that, that was just spontaneous, you yeah. know. But I couldn't help but say yes. You know, right, I still get yeah. chills just thinking about saying yes. Well, right? there was an article that came out, you shared it this weekend, um about like 10 things you didn't know about jar of flies. 
Mm-hmm. And there's one thing on here I wanted to, because I don't think I've heard this before, and you can confirm or deny this, but that the band had returned to Seattle after the end of the Lollapalooza tour and found themselves evicted from their place, and that they moved into the studio to do the record. Like they had nowhere else to go. I'm not sure that's the absolute truth. It sounds um, like a bit of an exaggeration. It, it may be. I'm not sure. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. exact details, but I mean... We worked long and hard on that record, right? So to write the songs, arrange, produce, mix, the whole nine yards just from scratch took a lot, right? So Mm -hmm. did we stay at the studio for 16, 18 hours? Yes. But I I had a hotel room. I remember going to it very briefly once or twice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But at the same time, I, I do remember, you know, Lane, like, staying at the studio. You know, um, right. I don't know if you stayed there. I don't remember if you stayed there the entire time. Yeah. You know, or what happened, but because I was buried. Right. You know, like, oh, what's what's going to happen on this next song? What are we going to do? Oh, let's get you know a harmonica player for this one. Let's do this. Let's do that. And we were just you know scrambling with ideas. Yeah. And you know whatever we could make, you know, come to fruition, we did. Well, they and then this was the first thing they would do with Mike Inez true. after touring. They basically got him out of Ozzy's well, band. That's right? not true. That's not, not true. true. He, he did. Uh, he did uh, a little better than what the hell. It oh, was. he did do those. That was his okay. first. Okay. And my first. So you know we have that symbiotic. So you guys were both kind of brand new to the situation. We were both brand new. Right. I heard nothing negative ever about Mike Inez. Like there seems like a, to say a super stand up guy. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And chemistry in the band was obviously. At a good point, at a good place at this time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What yeah. was the studio like? Yeah, London Bridge yeah. in Seattle. You know, it was a beautiful, big, huge, long room. Mm-hmm. Neve console. Oh, you know, Neve. The old Studer 800 at tape machines. And, you know, it was back in the day. You yeah. Know, a few ISO booths. So, you know, got guitars over there, basses over there in the back. You know, set up the drums and, you know, let's all jam in the same room together. Like good old days. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, bedroom po- Pro Tools recording of these right. days. Yeah, no. <laughs> Back when music was something special. Exactly. Yeah, and there was mention of, of Lane in particular not wanting any Pro Tools stuff on this record. Like had had wanted and that you would concur that it all had to be analog. That happened on everything that I did with Alice except oh, really? the last stuff. Um, and it wasn't just lane it was jerry too yeah but you know it was 1994 mm-hmm. pro tools was not very good at that point oh really yeah. it was 16 bit oh. uh, and it was just coming into 24 bit yeah and so i didn't even like it it was good for storage yeah you know because we knew that tape degrades right. over time but it was good so it was good for storage at that yeah. point but it wasn't an identical match right to what tape could bring so when they came out with 2448 that's when it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to switch over because I'm going to do a hybrid thing, you know. So I did a hybrid thing for a long time, but with certain bands, they didn't want any of that. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be known as having that crutch, right? Right, and so Alice was definitely one of them. We play, period. Yeah, you know what I mean. So very cool. Yeah. Well, so and I, you know, just going through reading through the history of it, it's just amazing that it recorded September seventh through the fourteenth, ninety three. Then mixed September seventeenth through the twenty seventh, ninety three. So this thing went from writing, recording, and mixing in twenty days. Mm-hmm. Writing, recording, that's, arranging, mixing, everything. That's, that's unheard amazing. of. Yeah, especially when you cone mm-hmm. in the fact that the songs weren't even written 
at the beginning. Of yeah, it. I mean it's truly lightning striking. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important that people that are listening realize that. Just imagine, you know, they wrote seven songs in a matter of that time, and ten days later, we're done. Yeah. All the overdubs, mixing. I flew home, mastered, done. And you know, the the vibe in the room was. You know, if it comes out, great. If it doesn't, that's great too. Yeah. But at least we had fun, and that was what we went on. Which know? is probably the best inspiration you can have is yeah, let's just absolutely. go in and, and do what we do. Right. Yeah. And I heard that they were, after touring so hard, cranked up fully to eleven on fire. Yeah. They they didn't like the idea of going in the studio and cranking amps back up. So that was part of the reason they wanted to do the acoustic thing. Like we want to do something well, completely really. different. No. No. If you look at their history, it's EP album, EP well, yeah, album, and then EP sat album. Before ninety two, and this is this fell right in yeah. to what was happening, right? So mm-hmm. they did Dirt, and then this, yeah, and the next was the Three Legged Dog, right? Right. So they did a full, you know, heavy record, and then they'd go acoustic, right? And then they go back to the heavy record, then they go to the acoustic. So that was more of their, you know, what was in line with their psyche. Gotcha. I read the story about the the album's title. I didn't know that till this week about uh, it originated. Experiment, yeah, a science yeah. experiment that Jerry Cantrell conducted in third grade, where you put two jars full of flies together, and flies in one jar would be overfed, while the flies in the other jar would be underfed. Right, and the flies that were overfed reproduced rapidly, but then died from overcrowding. <laughs> and the flies that were okay, under makes sense. The flies that were underfed managed to survive throughout the year. Concerning the anecdote, Lane Staley said, I guess there's a message in there somewhere. Evidently, that experiment had a big impact on Jerry. But I, it, it's, it, I guess it's interesting. <laughs> hey, it is interesting. Okay. Think about it. Yeah, it is, yeah. for sure. Did you know that story before well, then? Not really, no. no. <laughs> I heard something about that You know, when, when they named the thing and all that, but I didn't really know the backstory like that. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and the situation has got to be so unique. I mean, and we've heard it from different artists and bands doing the show over the years, and I know you've had to experience it where a record company is constantly meddling in the creative process. True. Well, here, they don't even have the time to get involved in any way, do they? No, they did not. So this was just finished, presented, here it is. Right, and that's where the you know the thing came from was, let's have fun. If it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Right. So we're just going to go and we're going to make this piece of art, and whatever happens, happens, and then we then we'll present it. So this wasn't and even so, something that was on Columbia's radar. They didn't even nope. know this was happening at all. Oh, well, they might have. Yeah. They had to, you know somebody put up money. True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I got paid. Yeah. All right. right. So you know somebody had to know what was going on, and we booked ten days of studio time, and yeah. you know so on and so forth. I don't think the band. I don't know. Well, after, you know, I mean, after but, facelift and sap and then yeah. dirt, I mean, I'm sure at that point the record company's like, okay, do what you're, you want do what do. You wanna well, do. Yeah, good you're to succeeding money. anyway. When, when we did the dog record, we had a budget, but it was extremely high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was seven figures and we could do what we wanted. Yeah. Um, and the record company told me that straight up. So they had earned it. Yeah. Up definitely. to that point. Right. right. And so, you know, with, with Jar, it, I don't know if it was earned at that point or whatever, but, you know, they had some respect going at the record company for sure. Right. Yeah, I would you say know. so. Definitely after Dirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they could pull their own, you know, strings, so to speak. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think Aaron would agree with me. Like, the, the, this album is one of those that it's just kind of like a, a like a, a marking post of, of where we were in our lives. You know, like, in, mm-hmm. in, in, basically both of us were in high school yeah. around the time this came out. And uh, 
This is one of those that you would just have replay over mm-hmm. and over. And it, even though it's just a handful of songs, we'd listen to it for hours and, and never get bored with it either. And I've, you know, I go, I listen to this album several times a year to this day. Oh, yeah. um, Me too. Allison Chains during, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure, yeah. And that's a big, that's a big compliment from a producer because a lot of you guys tend to do the project and just move on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, this is one you come back to. I've done that I've never heard yeah. again. But this you one know, you come back to. This one I come back to. There's some certain songs in here that evoke certain emotions and memories for me that, you know, I just, I, I need, right? Yeah. So I, I go to the, you know, I go and I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the funniest things on here is, uh, is at the end, after uh, Swing on This, Yeah. you can hear you can hear Mike Inez say, and Toby's still laughing. Because I was, I I totally was laughing through the whole song. Oh, really? It was, you know, I was so tired and like, that was one of the last songs we did. But just the groove of that was like, I forget how it exactly came up, but I remember it was like, you know, just just play something really silly. Yeah. You know, and it, all of a sudden they started playing that, and I was like, ah, that's yeah. it. It's, it's like an, 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 pretty a, silly. an Allison Chains boogie woogie song, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and there's not been one like it since. So no, it was like, you know, yeah, it's a unique song. Yeah, for sure. And it yeah. was just one that somebody pulled out of their butt and yeah. went with it, you know. But yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah. Talk about Sign of the Times, you know, and where you were at this time. I remember everybody had this album. Yeah. And this is getting to be towards the end of the era where people are actually out buying the albums. You know, mm-hmm. this was one that I definitely remember. You'd go to a party, it would come up. You know, you'd hop in somebody's car, it would be yeah. in there. You know, everybody I think I knew had this album and just loved it. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. I mean, that was like my senior year in high school. And just being out in the sun, having fun, listening to this record everywhere we went, you know. Right. It's very right. cool. That's awesome. And it's universally praised. I mean, I, it's yeah. like it's... To this day, I, I think it might be their most popular record. Like I get think, as far as most of the fan base is concerned, it seems to be the most beloved album they ever put out. In my opinion, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just just from a fan standpoint, right. you know, um, it's just, it's one of those albums that came out with the right material at the right time, and uh, so many good memories come from listening to it. And I, I I listened to it. God, I must have listened to it six times in a row just this morning. You know, getting ready for this again and. <laughs> Like, still don't get bored with it. It's no, just like, you right. know, I'm on play number five and six, and I'm still enjoying every song. You right. know? Well, that's exactly. the other thing about it, too. I think as an acoustic album, it's heavy. You know what I mean? I sure. mean, you know because you helped make it that way. But right. what how, what do you got to do to take an acoustic? Like, normally I think acoustic, I think, oh, man, I'm not going to lie. I want them heavy, crunchy guitars, you know? Right. But something about this album still speaks to the Sabbath fan in me, you know, where it's got that darkness to it, even though it's an acoustic thing. It's it's like three quarters of the way acoustic, by the way. Right. So yeah. No, like, a lot of the yeah, lead parts are There's like some right crunchy there. stuff going yeah, on in there, yeah. and you know, some nice uh, mellow, distorted guitar, if you will, mm-hmm. right. you know, to blend with the other instruments and the acoustic instruments. But I think that it it's all in you know voicing of chords mm-hmm. and your chord chart and your chord choices, right? So when Jerry was writing this stuff, he would you know he just go to what he was feeling, you know, and so feeling down feeling you know like it needs to stay in that minor mode Mm -hmm. and you know he would choose those appropriate chords so you feel you you know you feel that and that you know that was that and that would lead you know lane later to pick the melodies that he picks and and then you know then the lyrics would come and so on and so forth nice you know what i mean 
And some of the lyrics on this stuff is so poetic and deep, you know, where you really can get wrapped, wrap your mind into the words of it all. How hard? I mean, we're talking about how quick this was. And you hear stories about lyricists that get that block and just, you know, struggle and struggle to come up with a song, lyrics to go with a song. It's amazing. How does a guy like that bang this out that fast, you know, and that much? You just have it within. Yeah. That's, you know, you have to, right? The magic Lane Staley? I guess. I mean, you know, what else is there to to say, you know, like... I wish he was still here so he right, can answer yeah, that question yeah. himself. But at the same time, you know, I think that he had that deep within his heart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, all writers get blocked. You know, they get bamboozled by whatever's going on in life at the time and sure. they can't, you know, focus yeah. into that, I think. And, and coming off that, you know, coming off the road, you know, they were just on fire. Like, in the band, they each have their jobs, right? So they're all on fire about their own gig, and mm-hmm. you know Jerry's on fire about writing and playing guitar, and you know Lane's on fire. He's got stuff going through him, so he wants to get it out, mm-hmm. you know. And there's the perfect outlet right there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he just wrote it down. Was, and goes. <laughs> was he was he that quick writing lyrics for the Three Legged Dog album? No, it came a little slower. A little slower. Yeah. So this, I mean, this could have just been one of those planets aligning type things. I, I believe it was. They were all in the right headspace to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the the three-legged dog record was a little bit more of, you know, leg pulling, mm-hmm. if you will. We do um, want to have you back to do that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that one yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was a little bit more leg pulling right. um, because of where their heads were at at that time. Yeah. You know, different space than, than when they were doing JAR. Yeah. Know? I was talking about you know the heaviness of the guitars and one reading through the stuff about it, it kind of gave me a nostalgic vibe because I was playing the guitar a lot more back in those days and I remember really wanting an Ovation acoustic electric <laughs> and I read through that Jerry like was really into those on this album and then when I listen I like totally can hear the the sound of an Ovation acoustic electric and um, ish <laughs> yeah but but like you don't really see those guitars anymore they don't seem to get used anymore but they, they were kind of the the acoustic of choice back in those days for rock bands they were because they're durable yeah right they didn't sound all that good i always liked the sound of them and just to my ear you know yeah and for like if you're going to try and emulate an acoustic guitar yeah. that's not what you want to emulate it with <laughs> no. i think it sounds very plastic right? yeah like, like I gotcha. the back of the the resonation of that guitar mm-hmm. sounds plastic to me Right. Yeah. So I like to use other guitars. Be- well, it's not like just- you're a Grammy-winning producer and, and you know, <laughs> I know anything. And my you. ears suck. And, you know, like- of course, I know better than you do. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I'm a guitar player that played to all of 20 people. I, I know what I'm talking about. I can't hear a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, it's like for me, it's all about it, the instrument doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? As long as what it's blending with matches. Right. Right. So if, you know, I want to create this palette of, you know, red, green, and blue, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to pick out this guitar and that guitar and this guitar and, or this piano or whatever just to, like, kind of make my soundscape. Yeah. Right. And I had in mind, you know, once I started hearing some of the songs, you know, my, my mind starts going, like, oh, how, how am I going to paint this picture? Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's what I'm essentially doing is sculpting air to your ears yeah. right yeah. and captured on a disc yeah that's all it is right so i have to sculpt it in a way that is palatable right if you will well the, if that makes any sense oh it does <laughs> um and like also what you were saying like um some of the lead guitar playing you know like it had a little bit of light distortion on but it was enough to where you could sort of you could still hear the strings being hit mm-hmm. and um 
It kind of reminded me some of the some of the little lead parts were so tasty, kind of similar to Tony Iommi type mm-hmm. Planet Caravanish yeah. stuff mm-hmm. on some of his playing. Sure. And um, yeah, that was part of going through it today. Let's just like, damn, Jerry Cantrell is such a great player. Oh, he is. You know? He really is. And one of the I remember one of the solos, the he had a big body. I don't remember what kind of guitar it was, but he had a big body guitar, and mm-hmm. and the chord fell halfway out in the middle of the solo. And I was like, keep going, keep going, because I don't know if I, I don't remember if I just, we went back and redid it with that half jack sound, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a cleaner sound, right? And it just, I know it's on there somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember if I kept it. Yeah, you know, f- both both halves of the solo or not. Yeah, but it was pretty interesting that it kind of like fell out and slipped out, and I was like, "Keep going, keep <laughs> going, it's rocking." <laughs> yeah, happy accidents. <laughs> happy accidents, exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I know that that made it. So mm. yeah. it's one of those crazy things. You I know? love that. I always love hearing that story about you know different bands, different artists we talk to, where it's like, well, this wasn't meant to be like that, but when it happened. I knew, you know, that that, yeah. you know, the producer knew exactly. that that had to stay. Right. Yeah. There's just certain things that happen when you're recording that, you mm-hmm. know, a vocalist inflection or, you know, uh, this chord slips out a little bit and the tone changes, and but it fits perfectly. You know, it's like those happy accidents, you, you have to be listening for them. Yeah. You know, like what happens if we have magic right now? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking for magic. Yeah. Always. Well, and, and this yeah. is a situation conducive to magic for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then that, as with all the Allison Chains records, the the lead harmony singing with Jerry and Lane just I mean, this album showcases it every bit as good as anything else because mm-hmm. it's especially cuz the acoustic part, you know, brings it out that much more. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, everything sounds even more intense through studio monitors when you're recording it. So I imagine that was some serious ear candy when you're listening to this stuff play oh, back yeah. in the studio. Yeah, and it was like, you know, it, it's hard to discern where you're going sometimes, mm. you know, because you have to block all that out sometimes. Like, oh, what's everybody else going to think about this? Right. You know, and oh, they're going to be wowed by this yeah. beautiful sound that's coming out of these speakers right now. And I can't think about that. Yeah. Step and move. Is it good enough? Is it great? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. You know, do I keep it? Do I erase it? What do we do? You know what I mean? Oh, you want another track? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Here, have another track. We'll worry about that one later. Go. You know, and then all of a sudden we're recording a different, something different. You know what I mean? Were they kind of punched the clock, it's time to go to work on this? Or were they, I mean, were they as impressed with what was coming out of this these sessions as, as you were? Mm. Or were to them, was it like it's just another batch of songs we're doing? Half and half. Yeah. I think they were excited because yeah. we just kept rolling right into the end mm-hmm. um, and never slowed down. But I think also think that, you know, it was just like, oh, there you go. You know, there wasn't any pretense of, oh, this is going to be a great record or yeah. this is coming out and it's going to do, it's going to be the first EP in history to be the, be go to number, number one. Number one. Nobody said anything like that. Yeah, it was just That's, a new project. You don't project. do that. That's yeah. amazing. It, it, Nobody just, ever realizes they're making history while they're making history. Exactly. They're right. just doing their thing. And you just do your thing. You know, and, yeah. and what happens to it happens to it, right? Yeah. You know, it could end up in a circular file 13 over there in the corner. Or it could go to be, you know, yeah, we talk record. about it 26 years later. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cool. But, yeah, they were really on a roll at this time. And, um this is right at the height of the Seattle explosion, I guess, you know, with the Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. And, um, it was well on its way for sure. Yeah. And they were, 
they were always my favorite out of the Seattle groups. Like yeah. uh, I always thought they were head and shoulders better than the rest of them. Better, better than Nirvana, better than Soundgarden, better than Pearl Jam, and way more consistent than any of those bands. Like completely all, consistent, always put yes. out top notch material. Right. So um, it's kind of funny that Nirvana tended to get the highest level, I guess, because they were first in, you know, with with Teen Spirit, but. Just John, they were genre changing. Yeah, so you know, it went from like literally Janie Lane one day, you yeah. know, to Kurt, Kurt, Kurt the next day. Yeah, like literally, it was Wednesday and Thursday, boom, done. You know, like. Oh, then once I heard "Man in the Box," I'm like, I don't need Nirvana. This yeah. is this is way better, right? Yeah, because it also they seemed like, especially that facelift. Record, I know we're not talking about facelift, but that facelift record felt like the bridge between sure between the, the glam and the grunge because they had a little bit of both worlds going on. They certainly did. Yeah, yeah the people that love Skid Row could also love Alice in Chains just mm. in the same way. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they opened for Poison at one point. <laughs> so it mean, must have been a strange bill to see Alice in Chains opening for Poison. Wow. On a whole leg of a tour, too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's when the Kotzen era of Poison. But, uh, but yeah, so let's go over a little bit. Uh, you know, I obviously looked up some. Let's go over some of the cool stats that we can brag about with your accomplishment here. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, first EP in music history to debut at number one on the Billboard 200. Thank you. First week sales exceeded 141,000 copies in the U.S. alone. Nice. Awesome. That's a big week. I like that week. Um, nominated for two Grammys in 95 for Best Recording Package and Best Hard Rock Performance for I Stay Away. Excellent. Certified triple platinum by the RIAA, selling 4 million copies worldwide. How is that possible? Triple platinum and four it would, million. It would be quadruple platinum. Right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I looked it up. Damn Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, it's not my Wikipedia. Triple platinum in America and then four million worldwide. So another million outside. Oh, maybe that's oh, what they yeah. mean. Okay. I still think it would have sold over a million. That's why I bring the guy yeah. with the numbers. There you are. Uh, <laughs> featured on Guitar World Magazine's Super Unknown 50 Iconic Albums That Define 1994 list in 2014. Yeah, I'd say. Excellent. And uh, in April 2014, Jar of Flies was ranked number 12 on Rolling Stone's 40 Best Records from Mainstream Alternative's Greatest Year list. I love that. Awesome. In May of 2014, the EP was placed at number 5 on Loudwire's 10 Best Hard Rock Albums of 1994 list. I love Loudwire. And in, <laughs> and in April of last year, the EP was ranked number 42 on Rolling Stone's 50 Greatest Grunge Albums list. Awesome. So this should be higher than 42. But it's Rolling Stone. It's Rolling Stone. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes they don't have the same appreciation for music as we do. That's pretty cool. I think that uh, if they say like 1994 is the year in alternative rock music, this album's got a big, big reason why people think that. Mm -hmm. Excellent. What up? There's one more stat there, though, oh, I don't yeah? think that you found. What's that? That, that uh, No Excuses was the only number one song with Lane Staley. Correct? Yeah, I think you're right on that. I don't know. I think Is that's that the only Allison Chain's number yeah. one. Yeah. That would interesting. make sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, another interesting thing about it is, um, you know, EPs for the most part, especially during those years, were mostly like, here's the leftover songs that we didn't right. use for the record. and. Nine times out of ten, there's never a hit off of them. They're just because they're just their basic leftover songs. Leftovers, yeah. This one had two big hits off of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, These were not leftover songs by any no, means. No, and even Whale and Wasp, which is just a two and a half minute instrumental, even that charted. Right. I remember I read an interview with Jerry Cantrell. He was like, when when that hit, we were like, we we can do whatever we want right now. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> the truth. <laughs> like we're gonna put out a two and a half middle two and a half minute song with no lyrics and no vocals, right. and it's still charted because yep. people were loving this record. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's crazy. Just an amazing record. I want to do it again. Yeah, I bet. Like, you know. That would be fun. And then uh, let's talk about some of the um, personnel aside from the band that were, was on this. It says uh, you can tell me what your memories of these people are. Okay. Assisted by Liz Sroka and John Plum. Uh, yeah, studio assistants. Oh, okay. Um, Liz, I think, was in L.A. and John was up in Seattle. Gotcha. At uh, they were just you know staff at the studio assistants at that point. Gotcha. Okay. And then you had. Um, Several string players that came in to play. Absolutely. Uh, we had and, a little quartet for us, anyway. Yeah. April Aceves, Rebecca Clemens Smith, Matthew Wise, and Justin Justine Foy. Right. They were all hires. They, Is that your they, they were found, you find them? Uh, no, actually, it was Jerry's. Yeah. And, and I think Susan Silver helped, um, who was the manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was on board with all this stuff that we were doing. Yeah. And, and, you know, Chris was involved in finding a harmonica player and this and that. And, and that was David Atkinson was the harmonica player. Okay. There's some awesome harmonica playing going on. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. On, uh, was it Don't Follow with the Harmonica? Follow. Follow? Yeah. What's that guy's name? David Atkinson. David Atkinson. Huh. Might have to do a podcast with him. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the... In <laughs> the uh, <laughs> no, I can find We'll ask Jerry. It's, it's been 26 years. I doubt he's talked to him. <laughs> and then... Uh, the string section on I Stay Away is is, is right. really beautiful, too. Like, who wrote stuff like that? Would Jerry write the parts for Jerry that? Jerry wrote the parts for that, and yeah. then they interpreted them. Gotcha. Um, you know, however that came around, I just remember looking through the glass and Jerry out there conducting. And, wow. You know, because we wanted a, a spontaneous feel, obviously, yeah. but mm-hmm. he knew exactly what he wanted in his head. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, the type that hears the entire orchestration in his head mm-hmm. way before note one. Right. Um, and Lane was the same way with lyrics and melody. You know, yeah. he heard those, you know, lyrical soundscapes. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, all the harmonies that he hear, heard in his head and all that kind of stuff. So, they really had a vision for everything they did. It sounds like, like absolutely. They, they knew an, they had an idea of where they wanted to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Even when they're making it up on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get that glimpse of, oh yeah, look at sunset over there. You know, let's go that way. Yeah. And so they, you know. Awesome. chord that brings you that way if you will you yeah know I mean? and the other that's uh, an amazing visual of jerry cantrell orchestrating to make this happen right yeah i uh, wish it was you know we had the cell phone guy in there with the cello people and all <laughs> yeah. that right you know? right right that was fun and then uh the last two people listed for additional vocals was randy biro and daryl peters you remember that <laughs> Oh God, Randy Byro actually, oh, Byro. and he was a he was one of the road dogs uh-huh. uh, for many many years with Alice. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's yeah he's he's around. Um, I know that for a fact because I just saw something on him the other day. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, Daryl's not with us anymore. Oh, I'm sorry to hear he that. Passed away. Were they both so, like crew members? But yeah, da- uh, Daryl was also a crew member and much beloved alice family yeah. so was randy forever so they're like part of the gang vocals on certain choruses maybe Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. that's interesting but yeah the uh, you know we usually do the track by track i mean do you have specific memories of specific songs well, i think we started the session with no excuses because that was just one that jerry came up with right then and there when i was asking about hey words you know do you have any songs mm-hmm. no funny thing about the songs you know i don't have any mm-hmm. and then hey you know what about this as a chorus and then he just i don't know if he made it up on the spot or he actually had it before that and I, i'll never know and yeah it doesn't matter because it's you know it, yeah. it is great when um, he tells you that does it make you nervous i mean the immediate feeling it, of it, it or do it made you say, me nervous Whoa. it made me nervous because yeah. what are we here for yeah right so you know we're here to jam you know like that was the out that was the outcome of it but yeah 
Yes, it made me nervous because, <laughs> you know, here we are in the studio and we're paying X amount of dollars a day for whatever. And, you know, so what are we going to do? Just hang out? Yeah. Right? And so, you know, I didn't want to do that and waste somebody's money. Right. right? Let's do something. Let's, you know, make some shit happen because, you know, just. Yeah, it's cool to hang out with the best band in the world, but at the same time, let's make something happen. Be productive. So we did. Well, that. And How long did it take for them to make you at ease? You know, to say, okay, well, this is going to be okay. As soon as we picked up guitars and yeah. music started coming through the speakers, I was like, right. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. <gonna> be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. ooh, listen to that. And yeah. Everything's and there were suggestions okay. about which way we can go with this and that and the other. And then we'd send a little, you know, two-track rough mix up to Lane, and he'd sit upstairs and, you know, pen some stuff. And then he'd come down and, you know, with like a verse and a chorus and go, what do you think of this, guys? And he'd run out to the microphone. And, you know, I had everything all set up just so we could – as stations, yeah. just so we could run out and do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like vocals, like, you know. Who knows when he was going to come up with some vocals? If he came up with them at four o'clock in the morning, I had to be on my toes and let's go, you know, because that was when it was happening. Yeah, right. Nice. Can't say, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Um, can you wait till nine thirty? Yeah. My coffee will kick in. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance, right? It's right now. It's four thirty uh, in the morning. We're we're doing this. Okay, yeah. cool. But you know, I had stations set up. Um, you know, and he'd just run out and you know spit a verse and a chorus, and you know, just, okay, guys, what do you think about this? And you know, ninety nine percent of it I remember was like, "Oh my God, that's amazing! Keep going!" Yeah, awesome. and he just take that idea, run back upstairs, and keep going. Right. You know, but he wanted to know from you know his yeah. his teammates that you know he was what he was doing was valid. Yeah, and and everybody liked it. So on no excuses, like the one of the the cool parts of that song is the intro drum part with the little mm-hmm. click. Can, what can you tell us about Sean's coming up with that part? <laughs> um, I can tell you that I helped. Um, I just remember being very bored with the same grooves. Yeah. And I went and found a bunch of things for him to hit. <laughs> we ended up with like a Congo and a Tabla yeah. off to the side and stuff. And I just remember messing around with him and him getting aggravated with me. And, and I was like, well, just try this. And no, just try this little garbage can or whatever. Because I wanted some other types of sounds to, yeah. to capture your interest. Um, and then he started just playing that groove. Yeah. And it became the intro to No Excuses. It's a great drum beat. Yeah. Like, it just happened. Uh, you know all, I mean? you, all you need is the first two seconds, and you know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You, you definitely Especially know. the hi-hat work on it almost sounds like a snake. It's like the little triplet he does on the hi-hat oh, right yeah. in the middle of the whole drum beat. Yep. Yeah. It's just so meticulous. And he does it through the whole song. Oh, he's awesome at yeah. it. Like, you know, and that's, that's what, like... I think one of the things that drew me into I need another sound in there. Yeah. You know, because there wasn't. It's almost kind of Middle Eastern sounding. Like it's. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. I could almost hear it like Zeppelin doing something like that. You know, it sounds yeah. like something Bonham might have come up with. Sort of the bongos being integrated in and everything. Right. Yeah. Really unique drum part. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, what other songs on here do you have particular good memories of or. Or bad memories of, of doing on uh, It sounds like the whole experience is oh, pretty see, good, we, though. We talked a little bit about I Stay Away. Uh, we talked a little bit about Whale and Wasp. That was fun. Uh, don't follow a little bit of, on that because of the harmonica. And, yeah. You know, that was an interesting. That's very, almost like a blues song, you know. It, it pretty much yeah. is like pretty straight blues. But yeah, it, it came out really good, I think. Yeah. You know, it's a different kind of a song for, mm-hmm. for this particular, you know, collection of songs. Right. Um I don't know. It's just you know, I'm, I'm just proud of this work. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see why. I mean, just looking at the track listing on this, there, I mean, there's really nothing bad on here. Even when no. the wasp, you say, is the weird little song, but I mean, even that's pretty cool. I mean, there's really nothing bad on here. Yeah, I mean, to me, the you know the swing on this is the is is the weirdest song on here. Yeah. But you know, but I, I laughed through the whole re- the recording of the <laughs> instrumental of it, like completely, like the whole time. And I just I don't know what was up with me, but I was just laughing the whole time. <laughs> it was just the, the weirdest groove ever to hear them play. Yeah, you know. Well, Whale and Wasp, I remember because I was back in when I was still playing in a band in high school and. I just thought it was so cool because it's the the guitar part. It's it's a bend, but it, it's a descending bend. Like you you know you bend up at the top, then you pluck the string and you go do, and it drops. And I just I love the sound of that. Right. And it's like it's weird. Like it's called Whale and Wasp, and it's like it's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, if that's how they came up with the title for it, or, or yeah, what. Jerry named that one. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's his own heart, and it's just so murky and it's depressing sounding, but it's still. But it's cool at the same time. Right. It's like there's a because there's a lot of heavy, dark type stuff in the lyrics on this album. But some of the songs are almost uplifting sounding. Like mm-hmm. even though you know, no excuses has almost a happy sound to it when you yeah. listen to it. But some of the subject matter is pretty dark. Yes, absolutely. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I stay away. You know. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so one, one thing we did with yesterday being the official anniversary date i put out the album cover off on our channels and just okay. said hey this was out 26 years ago today right what are your thoughts on this record and across the board sure i'll read you some of these okay i have this love it one of my all-time favorites outstanding record nutshell is a perfect song this is actually my favorite alice in chains release love it i just found about 10 to 12 unused promo flats from this release tonight at my parents Love, wow. to, love Jar of Flies. I want one of those, Randy Brown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I want Toby to sign it for me. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> it says, when, they, when I saw them in concert last year, they dedicated Nutshell to the memory of Lane Staley. It was an awesome That's moment. Awesome. Absolutely love this album. I play it a lot when I go camping, sitting around the campfire. That's good for that. Yeah, yeah Classic. Don't follow. Should have been huge. Love it. <laughs> classic. So, you know, it's... Uh, not one person. Oh, I hate this record. No. It's all just uh, universally praised. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, and, I, and Aaron and I have talked about it. You know, it's there's certain albums that from your, especially from your teen years, that will always stick with you, and you'll they just never get old. This is one of those records. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. So thank you for being part of that. Oh, uh, let me ask you this because this is a technical credit question. Why are you listed as just engineer and, and they're listed as product producer on this? That was our deal going in. Oh, it was? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, that I would do that, and then I would be a producer on the next album. Oh, I got you. And so I said, absolutely, let's, yeah. let's do this. And my manager at the time didn't like it too much, but that's too bad. He's like, it, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, I had a very great rapport with Jerry. Yeah. And we would, you know, he and I would work things out, and then we would tell our respective managers, this is what we worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the credits on here are funny, too. You know, my manager got mad because I had 26 names or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, it was like, yeah, and? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most, you know, like, uh, individual credits I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So it was a kind of like a feeling out process for the for the band and you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. I had only done two songs briefly yeah. with them before this, right? And right. I was hired to record and kind of produce at that time mm-hmm. with them, but it didn't work out that way because of it was for the movie soundtrack, and I right. think it was Michael Kamen 
came in and he was all crazy and and he brought his people in and Mm -hmm. you know it was just a it was a circus with the first two songs and so i think that you know they didn't like how the first two songs came in came out you know Mm -hmm. um and whoever mixed them and then they called me for this right so they must have liked how they left your hands but not how it ended up in the end and i I, I believe so Yeah. yeah And you've told us this before, but like you guys truly bonded during this period of time. Like, oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So it was like lifelong friendships from, absolutely. from doing this record. That's right. So where does this stand like in your top five of albums you've worked on? Oh, it's right in there. Yeah. You know, like one, two. Yeah. <laughs> Were you? I don't, I don't have a, this is my favorite sure. of all time. I mean, yeah. Unplugged was is probably my most technical favorite because of mm-hmm. just the, the accomplishment of not having it mastered but right. it's still i mean uh, it was mastered but it wasn't touched when, yeah. it, when it went to mastering so technically that's my favorite band but this one you know there's there's so much to say about mm-hmm. our work together yeah right and you know i can't take all of that credit it's without well, it's, them i would team yeah. uh, i'd be still working at kroger <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever recommend a band to do it like this? Like if you had a band you were talking to and you would say, don't have any songs, let's go in, let's just come up with something. If you had the time to do it, would you recommend doing it this way? I mean, the magic came out. No. Is, is this really, truly lightning in a bottle? Could yeah. you do it again? I don't know. It's lightning in a jar. Uh, yeah. Lightning in a jar. You'd, you'd <laughs> have to, it would have to be some really special individuals that yeah. were just on point. Yeah. And these guys were. They were, yeah. you know. Could they do it again? No, they didn't do it again. Mm. You know, and have we tried? Yeah, we tried. We tried writing that dog record in in the studio, and it took forever. Oh, well, really? Well, not forever, but because it's still not going on. But <laughs> <laughs> I know. I it it took a little while. <laughs> well, we definitely have, have to have you back for that. Yeah, yeah but, um, for sure. But uh, thanks for coming on for that. But before we go, you are also here to promote your new company. I am. I am. It's a uh, a sleep sound streaming service. There you go. And if you can say that five times fast. So in layman's terms, how does this exactly work? Well, I understand Toby's got an ear for sound. Yes. You know, so I got to imagine your contribution to something like this has got to be huge. So I came up with a bunch of what I call tonalities mm-hmm. um, that will help you sleep. And it comes from trying to heal myself after I was in a bad car wreck. Um, and I had nerve damage to the entire right side of my body. Um, none of the doctors could help me, so I decided that I would turn to the then available internet. Mm-hmm. And I started reading about all kinds of different stuff. And I ran across this thing called sound healing. Didn't know what it was, just started investigating. And I went into, you know, I got into frequencies, and this frequency can help you do this, and this one can help you do that. And supposedly, I mean, you know, there's no, mm-hmm. there's just stuff out there, right? And there's as much disinformation as there is information. So I, I took it all, and I had a studio at the time, and I just decided I was going to go in and combine a bunch of these frequencies and see what happens. Right. And I did that. And then so I came up with something that really helped me sleep deeply and get into a REM sleep Mm -hmm. and stay there longer because that's where you heal that's Mm -hmm. where your body heals right so on a typical eight hour day or eight hour evening when you're sleeping if anybody gets eight hours of sleep um yeah see (laughs) um (laughs) you you might be in rem for an hour 
Yeah. Maybe if you're healthy wow. and, and you're in and you're in good shape and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. If you have restlessness, if you have any kind of weirdness going on, anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, then that can be cut down to a brief two, five, ten minutes. Oh wow. Okay. So you're not getting you're not healing at all. Wow. I didn't know um, that. and so what this can help you do is just bring you down and keep you in REM for longer. Wow. Okay. So hopefully that will translate into healing whatever is going on in your brain. We have some pretty amazing stories that, you know, have happened for some people out there. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's so important to get a full night's sleep. It, it really is. And, yeah. I mean, it only makes human sense that that's the time when your body recharges and heals itself. So, I mean, to find out that you really only don't, because I always assumed you, like, as soon as you're done, your eyes are done fluttering and you're out, that's REM all the way through until you wake up in the morning, you know, come out of it. Mm-hmm. But to know that really you're only getting a small amount of what you think is the the deep sleep that your body needs is kind of alarming, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's vital. Like, so obviously now we've been working on this for 11 years. Wow. wow. When we started... How did it start? Okay. If you guys want the backstory on how sure. this whole thing began. I'm a hard rock person also. So some of the records that he made were the records that I'd listened to. Right on. Jar of Flies is one of them. Yeah. At the time, the guy that had signed Three Doors Down was a guy named Tom Mackay. And Toby mixed Three Doors Down. Mm-hmm. I've known Three Doors since before Kryptonite was on the radio. Oh, okay. Because I'd worked with the band that Lars signed and Three Doors opened for the local band and then the band that I worked with back then in 1999 moved here, this whole thing. So then there was this thing with a producer management idea that Universal was going to perhaps have this wing or whatever. And that was at the time when I did uh, a Hinder record with a guy named Kevin Churko. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so Kevin was one of the guys. Um, Greg Archilla spoke to him from Matchbox. And then I MySpaced Toby. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you how far back this yeah, goes. <laughs> yeah. I sent him a MySpace message, and he sent me a my, he, he sent me a MySpace message back. And then I was like, you know, this and that, and three doors down, and and all of this sort of thing. So then we were talking about working on the management part of the record producing side. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I've got these sleep sounds, right? So he gives me these DVDs. And, and the files are gigantic, right? Like what we've got now is basically files that are larger than Netflix movies. Wow. Right? Yeah. But back then it was like 2009. And so people didn't count their steps. There wasn't mm. eye watches. No, no one cared about, you know, heart rate monitor or any of that stuff. Yeah. So we've been – we've done this about 25, 30 times. We've been onto something uh-huh. and then it didn't work. And then you try to tell people, like, look, the world is sound and light. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, if you really want to, and I'm, I'm the least hippy-dippy person, period. But when you really look at what the composition of everything around you is, these CDs, the microphone, me, Toby, the grass, everything has a resonant frequency to it. Mm-hmm. So if you can find the thing that your body is kind of chasing, and if you put it in, then the gap is filled. The part that is fascinating that some people probably don't know is that you'll die without sleep before food or water. And you would think that it would be water because you're made of water. Yeah, right. But the new thing is with people that sleep less than six hours Mm -hmm. for prolonged periods of time, up to around five years. So in one stint, say you had a job and people are creatures of habit, they stick to the same schedule. 
or cumulatively over a big period of time. Right. So sense. stick with the five-year, less than six-hour thing. Studies now, and we've been saying this for quite a long time, but in the last 60, 90 days, there's all kinds of articles that are showing that there's a plaque that builds up in your brain. It's called beta amyloid, mm. right? So it's like this little – it's kind of like little tar kind of things, but we have splinters in your brain. So with your brain connecting together, you know, obviously the electrical pulse in your brain, what this does is it kind of like – a blanket thrown on a campfire. Yeah. So if you do that, they don't connect. That decides which memories of your day to keep and which ones to throw in just like a hard drive. Mm-hmm. Hard drive material, garbage box or trash bin or whatever, right? So if you don't let your brain do all the stuff, that it, the maintenance that it needs to do at night, then you start off the next day. Say you sleep for four hours. Well, then the next day you start negative two. So you're behind. Yeah. So if you if it doesn't compartmentalize all the stuff that you put into it, it starts piling up on you. Mm-hmm. You can't store sleep. You can't catch up on it. You can't store it. Right. There's a thing called the circadian rhythm, which is your 24-hour body clock. Basically, it, and I'll send you guys a diagram of it, and it's on our website also, of when certain functions are. When your body is the warmest, when it's the coldest, when you're the strongest, when you're the happiest. When you, Et yeah, all of this stuff. <laughs> okay. um, so it's really fascinating. And, and obviously now people are paying more attention because it's becoming such an like, epidemic, I guess, would it be? Yeah. I think that was at the, Getting there. the CDC had said that, uh, that the lack of sleep is becoming an epidemic. Mm. It makes sense in today's day and age where so many people are on the go so much and have sometimes two jobs, you know, and you yeah, got to do sure. what you got to do. You know, there's only so much time in a day. Right, but the phone doesn't help either. You know, yeah. by looking at the white light. And, yeah, that's you know that, that kind of kills your melatonin. I, I suffer with this issue myself because I we were talking about the expo earlier. Really. I'm I'm constantly working on that, or the, or we're working on Decibel Geek stuff, or there's always extra stuff. I mean, right. essentially, I don't I don't my eyes don't stop looking at screens until usually ten eleven o'clock at night. And by that time, it takes sometimes a good hour to two hours for my brain to slow down enough Lying to actually down. go to sleep. That's right. Especially if, like, when we either of us—I don't know—you probably get this with editing too. Like, if you if you're putting your brain through editing a, a podcast, it for for me it takes like almost two hours for my brain to stop enough to go to sleep. I can't go yeah, right to sleep. I, I, I never can. Time. I'm always awake. You guys need to try my stuff. Well, I, that's yeah. part of why I want to because I within ten like, minutes. Do really? I within ten minutes? Yeah, you're gone. Oh, I met a nice. guy years ago. He was uh, <laughs> Look at your face. <laughs> This Tibetan guy had all these different sized bowls, and they had mallets. Absolutely. It, and it would make certain sounds, and it was almost like you wouldn't so much hear it as you would feel it. Yep. Does that kind of combine into what you got going on? Kind of, yeah. Um, the Tibetan bowls is one of the meditational um, things that people use out there to just align them, align their chakras and their chi and all that kind of good stuff. But it's the frequencies that those bowls put out, right? Right. Um, so I use a bunch of... Mine are conglomerations of a whole bunch of different frequencies and sounds that combine to make this one tonality. Um, and so there might be that kind of frequency in there, depending yeah. on, you know, the, the sleep thing or, you know, I've, I've made others um, that have, you know, different tonalities within them um, for different purposes. And But the sleep thing, the relaxation part of it um you know it also has frequencies for you know supposedly for addiction and anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression and things like that within it that you know just kind of 
give you an uplifted feeling, um, but it relaxes you and puts you out. Like I've been listening every night for like 11 years now. Yeah. yeah. I feel better about myself than I ever have. Um, I also have at the end of each tonality, each, you know, when you go on the website, you can check it out. Uh, you sign up for your three day free trial. And, um, that's hard to say, by the way, um, <laughs> sleep sound streaming service. That's right. <laughs> three day free trial. Three day free trial. There it is. So you go on there and you sign up for your three day free trial and, what you'll notice uh, is that, you know, it asks you how long you want to sleep once you pick your program. I have, you know, ocean sounds. I had lapping waves. I have, you know, water sounds, rainstorms, um, complete with thunder. Yeah. No lightning, though. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, so you can pick your your calmest sounds, what's going to rock you to sleep. And I also have what I call au naturel, which is the tonality by itself. Okay. This is the strongest. And I was told, you know, by other people, hey, man, you need to cover this up with some nature sounds and stuff because this is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't sleep. So the only, you know, the only downside that I've ever heard anybody say is that it makes me feel anxious. I was like, well, how are you listening? Well, they were listening pretty loud. Yeah. If you ever feel that way and you're listening to this stuff, please turn it down. Like, now, do you li- throw head, throw headphones or earbuds on? For well, this? the best way to listen is with headphones. But okay. I don't know people that have comfortable enough earphones, headphones right. that are wireless to sleep in. that you're going to sleep in. Yeah. Where I'm, I'm trying to develop some relationships that I can develop these things with. Right. Also, you know that that's the best way to listen, right? Mm-hmm. And then you turn it way, way down, and so it'd just be a little bit of buzz in the back of your ear, right? Okay. And don't listen to it as you're sleeping. Just let it be, mm-hmm. and you should be, and just concentrate on going to sleep. And you and your it will take over. The theology behind it is that your brain wants to sync to your environment. Okay, let's picture everybody. Picture yourself in a New York City subway at 5 p.m. It's pretty hectic. About then, right? right? You're fighting to get on that subway and blah, 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 and all these people are around you, and, and your brain is really moving, right? You know, you're probably at 15, 18, 19, 20 hertz. Right now, we're probably at about 12 or 13. It's kind of serene, mm-hmm. but we're engaged, and we're talking, and we're looking around, right? And so your heightened state in the New York City subway, your brain keeps up with that, right? Sure. But now let's conversely think about being on a beach in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh, it slows right down, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, that's pretty relaxing. So this takes it even further. Like down into sleep is, you know, seven, six, four, two hertz, okay? So I get I get to have you hear two hertz. The, the way I can do that is with a, a science called binaural beats. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what is inclusive of this technology, is I, I borrow from different sciences, and this is one of them. And so it, what it does is it, if I put 100 hertz in one ear and 102 hertz in your other ear, right, and I have them panned in headphones, let's say, mm-hmm. you will hear the 100 hertz, right, but you'll also hear a, a secondary tone, which will be a beating. It'll be like, ooh, 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 right, to the timing of what two hertz would be. Right. Okay. So your brain then wants to sync to that. Okay, and once that happens, then you all of a sudden feel drowsy and you start going to sleep, and it'll it brings you down to when you get into REM. Okay, and then you start, then your body starts doing its thing. If I can keep you down there for a certain amount of time, the theory is that you'll heal faster. Gotcha. The nerves in my body 
I can feel everything now. Yeah. Nice. From listening to all this. So wow. I'm, I'm not going to give it 110% credit, but I will give it a lot of credit. Right. Okay. And it's called Tomes? Tomes is how you pronounce it. Okay. It's it's spelled T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S. Where did the name come from? Hmm. Well, the name came from a uh, <laughs> a neighbor of mine, actually, oh, okay. um, who was into numerology. Mm-hmm. And she told me that I needed to have the, the, the most powerful number is 33 for names and so on and so forth. So she brought me a list of 22s and 33s, and Tomes was a 33. Oh, okay. And I thought, okay, this is cool. I'm not really into all that stuff, but I believe in people that are. Right. Right? And so I, I adopted this name, and there we go. And where's the best place to uh, check this out for the listeners? That would be at tomes.com. Okay. We'll put um, a link in the show notes to this. Yeah. It's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. Cool. And go sign up and for I might have to do the ex- I might have to do the experimental three-day trial, just yeah. to, and I'll, I'll give my review. Yes, please do. Yeah. And, you know, we love all those reviews that we can get. Um you know, and sign up for a subscription. Yeah, because I got to think the listeners of this show, when you're done rocking hard all day long, that's right. You need to get a peaceful, long, nice yeah. rest at night. That's right. And you can that's come to Tones and turn it on. And and you know, I'm always into suggestions as well as to how I can, you know, make your experience with mm-hmm. this better. Well, I, when I heard Toby Wright was doing a, a audio sleep system, I tried to go to sleep to Injustice for All, and it just didn't work. <laughs> Maybe up, you should have listened to the first part of one over and over <laughs> yeah, and over yeah. again. Yeah, That's yeah. funny because I tried it with the Slayer album. Divine intervention does not put you to sleep. <laughs> okay, which which solidifies the whole thing that when you go to sleep, you know, most people wouldn't put on divine intervention right. when they're going to bed. Well, certain people would. <laughs> well, we all we all know those people. Most people wouldn't. And we're, we have a, we're on Facebook, Instagram, cool. all of that, all that kind of stuff. You know, and we're very reachable like we talked anybody has any questions or suggestions or any of this other kind of stuff we personally deal with the stuff because it's just the two of us right on. and cool. it's been a <laughs> roller coaster to get to where we are yeah. right now because what we're doing isn't like anything else no. like you ever seen a picture of the uh of an iceberg mm-hmm. when the stuff above the water where people go this is like the success and the overnight yeah. all this right so that is what conceptually is what other stuff on the market is right now. The under the water stuff that's like ten times as deep as the stuff that you see. That's what that's what we're up to. Cool. So it's all extremely high definition wave files as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, like, you're not a fan like of MP3. <laughs> no, you're right. I am not. Um, and, and this and that, actually this technology does not work with MP3. Oh, okay. Um, because of MP3 cuts off certain frequencies here and there. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Right. So is See, this? And I was going to ask because I've noticed something on the YouTube where you can get like eight hours of black screen megahertz you know this for uh <laughs> for for uh anxiety or this for uh lucid dreams yes or you can you to sleep so yes. is that the problem with that then it doesn't compute the way it should well no it's it's singular frequencies so okay. it, you know it's it has a 528 and a 529 or there's you know things that they're trying to do what I'm doing, yeah. um, but they're using single frequencies. I use a conglomeration of a, a uh-huh. whole bunch of different frequencies. See. 
So they're trying to cover everything with one when yours gets way down kind or two. They are pointed, right? Yeah. Lucid dreams. So they're they're saying if you listen to this, you're going to have some killer dreams. Right. Right? How do you direct that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm more into the relaxation of the entire body. Like right, this, right. this you can use to meditate with. Um, I just want to go to sleep in 10 minutes. Yeah. It'll happen for you. <laughs> That's what I would like. Um, and yeah. just, you know, like I said, just... When, when you listen, morning. turn it way down yeah. and just let it do its thing. And it's a, is it an app? No. But no, you want to see the coolest $500,000 shortcut you've ever seen okay. in your life? Okay. This is crazy. So what happens is, um, you know, we were told, oh, it's going to be 50 grand to build an app. 50 grand? So I 50 grand up to half a million. After, up to yeah. half a million dollars to build an app. Yeah. So I asked somebody, I said, hey, so... Um, and there are ways, and can we get a button or something like that okay. looks like it? Okay, so, so so here's the site. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is and this works on Android also. Okay. Any browser. Any browser. Okay. But here is the way to do it with iPhone. You press your button in the middle there. It's a square with an arrow. Uh-huh. You press Add to Home Screen. Right there, it says App. So you just, if you want it to say Tomes, you press this, and look, we've just created an app. Will it do that with Android too? Yes, yeah. sir. Different oh, directions. No of course, all of our stuff is available on our website. Nice. Explanations. Okay. So there you are. Simple. That's our app. <laughs> and you didn't need half a million dollars. Nope. <laughs> because, you know, obviously with Toby's multitude of stuff that he's done, the uncompressed raw wave files, mm. YouTube is a free site, obviously, because people listen to it. YouTube right. is gaining 100% in viewership every year. So with that, the bandwidth, even if you're YouTube, even if you're Netflix or any of this stuff, we're on Amazon, AWS, Amazon Web Services, right? So we looked at Microsoft, we looked at Google, and who's the other one? There was GoDaddy. Oh, GoDaddy, yeah, but that's they don't count. <laughs> Those were hobby people, right? Yeah. But if you take Microsoft, Google, and what was the other one? There's three of them. Anyways, Amazon is bigger than those three put together. When you look at Google and YouTube, are the two most searched websites on Earth? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I believe it. AWS is bigger in the cloud space, or cloud computing space, than the three of the other competitors. Hmm. Because of the amount of bandwidth that's required to push this, yeah, we realistically can have files that are up to one hundred and twenty-one thousand years long in Pro Tools. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah, so if anybody... That's longer than a Yes album. <laughs> it is. Longer than a Yes record. <laughs> Sorry, Yes fans. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's purely... If you're carving a new path, because we are carving a new path, with something that affects anything with a heartbeat on the planet. Because one of Toby's uh, good friends had a horse rescue... Or has a horse rescue in Mobile, Alabama, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there was a two-year-old Appaloosa that was abused and all this. And he rescued it, and this horse was wild, yeah. right? Wouldn't wouldn't come around. And it's like I guess on the other side of the pen and jump in wherever you want on this. Um, <laughs> You're but doing then, okay. But then Toby said, "Hey," or his friend asked, "What if you played this for animals? What would it have any effect or anything?" So he took a Bluetooth speaker and just put it on the edge of the fence Mm -hmm. put tones through the bluetooth speaker and we have like a iphone uh like video of this the horse came across the across the pen to the speaker 
and put its ears down and was just like like totally unwound the craziness. Wow. Hmm. You know what I mean? That's amazing. So that it, is pretty it's wild. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of things going on like that yeah. at, at the moment with some testing from people. Um, you know, Brian, my friend in, in Mobile, mm-hmm. and, you know, his he, his daughter rides trick. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, you know, she gets taught trick riding and all that kind of stuff. So I'm in touch with her trick rider, and she has a, bunch, she has a horse rescue as well, and they have a couple of crazy horses that, you know, they'd like some help with and she's just starting down this path to see hmm. you know how that can how that can help also she she deals with some autistic children yeah. uh, which she wants to play this for as well so th- this goes That's very very deep um have you, think about dogs that have like separation anxiety where people yeah can't and i have dogs. a dog with that so too. can i ask you a question yeah do you know what dog tv is no oh the tv so, channel for dogs i'm assuming so <laughs> dog tv um is a if you when when you leave to go to work, um, you put on dog TV. It is it is a channel on um, you know regular cable discovery. I think yeah, I think well, there's a few there's a few of them. Yeah, but they have um, yeah. Anyway, so you put this on and then it, it plays tonalities okay. and, and stuff for your dog to a keep them entertained, mm-hmm. b so they don't feel the separation anxiety. Right, um, and it's tonalities kind of like I have. I, I've I've been That's on the site. Um, we're actually talking to them about adding to their content. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we were in talks with somebody else, and I just brought up, ah, how about dog TV? And they went, what is dog TV? And I had heard about this years ago. Wow. Um, so huh. it's something else for you to, for you to look at. Absolutely. Into. Well, did um, you, I've, and I, this is not too much of a tangent because it might relate, but um, I saw a video about a year ago where people were taking – a Walkman in um, with old music to a nursing home with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. They're basically just sitting there not saying a thing. Right. Put the headphones on and play music from when they were young, yep. and they just come to life. And I like it literally makes their memories come back. Well, because music is hardwired into your brain. Yeah, so yes. I don't know if a, a tone thing could help like trigger the same thing. memories. Yes, you know? it can. Into that. Yeah. So there's, you know, I have lots and lots of research to That's do. That's pretty so fascinating. I'm, you know, just hoping to forward this whole thing and you know get just this is just a very very tiny beginning of it all right even though you know we've been doing it for 12 years mm-hmm. um you know and it's just it's the beginning so you know all the help we can get we we really do that's appreciate pretty exciting it. man I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're looking for investments and all that kind of good sure. stuff to grow you know and, and to move into these different fields that i know mm-hmm. with testing can definitely be a, a positive thing for humans as well as animals cool man you guys just wait till they start interplanetary travel that's right you guys will right. put people down for months <laughs> there we go on mars and toby's dog tv in the same meeting that we'd had <laughs> he threw the dog tv curveball at us yeah and then i brought up blind people because Eighty percent, well, roughly 25, 20, 80, 25, 75 of your influence of how you carry yourself is twenty five percent sound, seventy five percent light. That kind of that kind of concept. So if you can't see, then it's become a hundred percent of your hearing. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing called a suprachiasmatic nucleus that your optic nerve it sits above your optic nerve. Okay. So if you don't have the input of the light into it, your body doesn't know. 
heads or tails. Like right. blind people will sleep for 20 minutes, then mm-hmm. they'll be up for 10 hours, then they'll sleep for 45 minutes. It's kind of when your body, out of absolute necessity, needs to recharge, regenerate, that sort of thing. And their circadian rhythm's all out of whack. But at the same time, with someone that can't see, their hearing is elevated much stronger than any of us. Sure. sure. So yeah, we haven't done any of, any of that research into that whole arena yet. Hmm. So it's really fascinating. It, it is. is fascinating. It's very you fascinating. Know, when you look at it, like, obviously, our background is this type of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, all of our friends that tour... Mm-hmm. Like, yep. like, I know pretty much. Oh, this is perfect for road musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Really hard to sleep. Road yeah. musicians? Yeah. Actors? Yeah, anyone um, in entertainment, really. Yeah. It, it, basically, anyone in this, um, well, anyone that has to sleep, which is everyone. Yeah. We also have lullabies for kids. Yeah, exactly. We've got 10 lullabies that feature different, all your favorite Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, all this kind of thing. And uh, they're one hour. And you you play it for kids. We're talking about doing toys, putting speakers, right. putting speakers in toys. Mom can play it from the kitchen when the kids are making noise. You know, play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star for twenty minutes. Yeah. The kid goes to sleep. That's pretty smart. Wow. Stuff. Yeah. You know. So. I wish I had that, you know, 15, 16 years ago, but uh, when my kids were younger. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you'll have grandkids. Oh, don't get ahead of yourself too fast. You guys are going to put NyQuil yeah. out of business. I want some, uh, yeah. <laughs> put NyQuil out of business. That's good. But yeah, not in a hurry for grandchildren, but but yeah, I mean, uh, when my kids do have kids, that would be something that they would want to look into. Well, all of this stuff is is kind of in the forefront of the world that we live in. Because people, for some reason, can shortchange sleep. Mm-hmm. There's always like, if I'm going to shortcut anything, I'm going to try to do that. Eating, you have to eat. You have to drink water because your body will let you know that you have to do it. Right. right. But for some reason, it's always, well, I'll sleep two more hours tomorrow to catch up on what I missed yesterday. And the human body doesn't work like that. Yeah, you can't really fight that. I never think about it like that. I just always think, you know, oh, well, I'm going to suffer because I'm going to stay up later tonight. Then, you know, I'm going to go to a concert or I'm going to stay up late and check this out or I'm going to work on the show. I'm going to stay up late. I never think about making up those hours. You can't. You just think you go on. You just go on. You suffer through the next day and that's it. Yeah. Right. But see, the suffering part, you're doing damage to yourself. You can't keep shortcutting yourself. Because if you if you do that, then it moves into the whole part of of what I was talking about of uh, elevated chance. It's like I was saying, five years, six hours a day, fifty percent, five zero percent more likely to have Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm. And we've learned a lot here today, not wow. just about Alice and Chase. You know, <laughs> you're right, but all kinds of stuff that I yeah. didn't know, man. This. Guys, this has been really great. It has been. Well, thanks Thank for you. having us. Thanks so for it's always on. great to have you over. And man, this this whole thing is just fascinating. That you know all these things about you know sleep and, and how it heals and how it can help animals down to everything else going on. It's I'm excited to see where this all goes for you guys. So anytime you got an update for us or you come up with this new cutting edge thing, you just come back and let us know. Well, we'd love Certainly to. Will always a pleasure. Thank all you right. very much. Awesome. All right. We'll see you at the next expo for sure. Definitely. Awesome. So I can go ahead and announce you then. Yes. Okay. (laughs) You're our first confirmed guest. (laughs) I'm going to be at the Rockin' Pod 2020. Awesome. Beautiful.
Toby's still laughing. That sounds fucking pretty good. You're laughing at that. That's tight as shit. What are you talking about? <laughs>